Greetings and welcome to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast and this is episode number eight. Well, greetings everybody and happy Africa Liberation Day. I hope you had a wonderful time celebrating the beauty of Africa, but also being reminded of the work we still have to do to liberate Africa and ourselves. Now, in this week's show, we're going to be doing something a little bit different, and I'll talk a little bit about that in just a second. But what I want to talk about this week is why it's important to get our spending habits right before we start to make new money. And this week, I'm going to be supported by a short extract from a speech given by Dr. Umar Johnson on this very topic. Now, he made the speech about 10 years ago, but although the recording is a little bit rough, you can still hear that the things he talks about in that speech 10 years ago are still relevant to us today. So I hope you'll enjoy that and that will come up a little bit later on in the podcast. Before I get into the podcast proper, I just want to remind you about my free online masterclass where I'll be taking you right back to the very beginning of identifying how you, the ordinary person, can identify where you can make your new money. The link to the registration page, if you'd like to join the masterclass, is at drasha.micajabi.com forward slash, don't forget that, forward slash webinar. So that's drasha.micajabi.com forward slash webinar. And I'll just spell it out for you. That's D-R-A-S-H-E-R dot M-Y-K-A-J-A-B-I dot com forward slash webinar, W-E-B-I-N-A-R. I'd love to see you there since I'm dealing with the number one question I am always asked, which is, where does an ordinary person like me start when thinking about trying to make additional money? So if that fits you, then I hope to see you there. Good. Now that's out of the way, let's get into our topic for today. It's important to look at our spending habits and why we spend money more often spending money we don't have. Because if we can get our spending money mind straight and focused in a direction that will help us rather than cause us more problems, when we begin to make our new money, we will have the skills and the resilience to put that money away so it's used for the purposes we intended. When we go to the trouble of making new money, that money is your liberation money. It's extra money you are making to buy back your time and eventually to buy yourself out of the job you are currently handcuffed to economically. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, you won't be familiar with the living your best life in Africa concept of new money. 
New money is extra money we make outside of our wages from our 9 to 5 plantation jobs. Plantation job money is called current money and it's money we use to pay bills and live our current lives. New money is separate from current money because new money is what we are going to make and build up to use to free ourselves from our plantation jobs so we can live our best lives in Africa or any other hot country of our dreams. If you go to all that trouble of making new money, but you don't understand the reasons why we spend current money in the ways that we do, all that will happen is that the new money we make will go to fund the emotional and psychological gaps in our lives. Dr. Umar Johnson makes that point in this short extract. Dr. Umar is a certified school psychologist from America who has spoken in the UK many, many times. And if you haven't had the opportunity to hear him speak, I'll be sure to let you know when he's coming because no matter what you might think about what Dr. Umar is trying to achieve, the message he has to give is right on point. He's one of the few people I know who has studied the black experience of racism all over the world and who is then able to skillfully reflect that experience back to African people in a way that makes it easier to understand the African mind and why we do the things we do in the very specific ways that we act. In this extract, Dr. Umar talks about why Africans spend money in the way that we do. Let's listen to what he has to say. When we talk about the economics of black people, when we talk about the spending habits of our folk, we have to look at it not only through the economic lens, but also through the psychological lens. Being a doctor of clinical psychology, one of the things that I do is I always look at whatever issue we have as a people through the psychological. One thing we know about addiction, all addiction is born of an attempt to overcome a painful set of psychological circumstances the wrong way. When we look at the shopping behavior of African people, we have to understand that our shopping habit is born of an addiction. And we shop not out of necessity. We shop out of a desire to pacify the pain of being black in America. It's very important to understand this in order to rectify the disastrous spending behaviors of American people who are of African descent. There was a study that was done. It came out last year. And it dealt with the economic behavior of African people. And it concluded that in order to understand the spending habits of black people, you have to understand their peculiar psychology. They, the report said that amongst all the different ethnicities in this country, black folks stood out 
comparison to them all. Not just because we spent the most, brothers and sisters. It wasn't just the fact that we spent the most on malt liquor. It wasn't the fact that we spent the most on cell phones. It wasn't the fact that we spent the most on high-definition televisions. It wasn't the fact that black women lead the women of all of the world in their hair. Or the fact that black men lead the men of the world in their clothing. What we spend, what they said, what was most unique about the black person, that you needed to understand in order to comprehend their economic behavior, was that black folk, more than anyone else in America, shop not because they need to, but because it makes them feel bad.
we have to get at the crux of our psychological issue. That means we got to deal with the self-hatred. That means we have to deal with the internal racial division that is wreaking havoc, not only what's in the community, but amongst ourselves. I would argue, psychologically speaking, that one of our biggest problems right now, as much as we preach brotherhood, as much as we preach sisterhood, one of the biggest cancers in the black community is the isolation and loneliness that black folks are suffering from on a different basis. We go to church and come home and still feel lonely. Go to the mosque and come home, still feel lonely. Go to the black, black power meetings, go to the conscious seminars and still come home lonely and depressed. Our biggest issue is that we suffer from racial depression. What is depression? It's a mental illness where the mind is distorted into believing that you're worse off than you actually are. It is a mental disorder where the mind convinces the soul to believe that where you are, you must stay. Depression is a mental illness that convinces the self to believe that if you try to fix the problem, you would be wasting your time. Going back to what Reverend Youngblood said, He's absolutely correct when he talks about being comfortable with oppression. Because when you suffer from depression, the mind convinces you to believe that you cannot move from your current status. And if you believe you cannot move from your current status, the mind has to create a heaven out of your hell. That's right. As I wrap up, brothers and sisters, I want to say this. The dollar in the black community up until now has been the devil in the black community. We have used our economics to cover up a hurt and a pain and a shame that's 150 years in the making. Church, but it was manipulated outside the church 
to our detriment, and that is that money is the root of all evil. Brothers and sisters, money is not the root of all evil. You know what the root of all evil is? The root of all evil enjoyed that and like I said I know the recording is a little bit rough but if you listen with a keen ear you can hear the messages that Dr Umar is giving. Although this is an old recording he could well have been saying those messages today instead of 10 years ago when the recording was made. Now as a practicing African centered talk therapist I totally agree with what Dr Umar says when he tells us that for most black people, our shopping habits are centred around compensatory spending. What Dr. Umar means by this is that we think we're spending out of a choice driven by our own free will. But what's really happening is that we are really spending because of our wounded emotions and those wounds are driven by our experiences of racism and the maltreatment that accompanies our experiences of racism. We also spend to cover up voids in our lives, the biggest of those voids being loneliness. Sometimes we can be around a number of people at big events, different settings like work, faith, community, and even in our social lives. But where and when it matters most, we are lonely. So spending money on ourselves to make ourselves feel better becomes the way that we compensate for this. Spending money becomes our way of getting the same high we would get if we were to release our high or happy senses naturally. Now, I'll try not to be too technical here, but the natural release of highs is usually stimulated by our endorphins, 
Now, endorphins connect up with certain receptors in our brains that help us to reduce our perception of pain, but also trigger positive feelings in our bodies, similar to drugs like morphine. And so if you follow the line of what I'm saying, it's easy to see how some people can replace natural highs with chemical highs because they want to stay high all the time. Now, natural triggers for endorphins can be in things like exercising, dancing, listening to music that moves you and having great nights out. And to some degree, I can follow the line and see why African people just love to dance. And we love having great nights out because if we have a great night out, then those endorphins kind of carry us through for several days afterwards. And then when they run out, we feel a low and that's when we try to replace those highs with something else. Fortunately for us, if we're lucky, there'll be another event or another opportunity to stimulate that natural high. If there isn't something to stimulate it naturally, then we're likely to go shopping. This is what Dr. Umar says. Similarly, we get those natural highs when we're in our home countries because we're so happy there and everything in our lives feels better. Our health feels better. Food is better. Everything just seems to click. And then when we come back to the black experience in the West, we feel immediately depressed. The problem comes when we're not able to reproduce this endorphin high and we then have to look for additional ways to make ourselves feel better. And that usually involves spending money and generally spending money we don't have or should not be spending. Add to this the reality of most African people who are likely to be handcuffed to a job that doesn't pay anywhere near enough what is needed to meet basic needs with a little left over. And we can see why it's important to understand how our mind functions in relation to money. And the point is that when we start to make new money, we are not prepared for the attack from our own minds that will try and convince us to spend that money on everything else but the intended purpose for that new money. We've experienced this before. We've got a little extra money that we didn't expect and before we know it, we spend that money on feeling good, looking good or eating great. This is why we have to protect our new money. Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that this isn't the same for all peoples of the world because it is. But what Dr. Uma is trying to show us is that all the research shows that people of African descent are particularly affected by this because we experience what no other race of people experience. And that is our history of chattel enslavement and the following conditions created by racism and oppression. And that's what makes our experience of spending money to compensate for laws different to everybody else's. So when you get that law, sometimes you'll want to treat yourself with your new money. And from a general point of view, that's okay. 
you've been working hard to make that new money in addition to holding down your nine to five because that's going to be the reality for most people. So giving yourself a little extra reward can act as a motivating factor, but don't go to extremes. Don't spend all of your new money. Instead of using your new money, try to cut down on your latte and double latte expenses. And for those of you listening who don't know what latte and double latte expenses are, then you can listen to podcast number five for a review of what this means and how to check your own spending. But if you can cut down on your latte and double latte expenses, you can use the savings you make to buy yourself those treats out of your current money. And if you can treat yourself within your current nine to five spending, this is better because it will prevent you from having to use your new money to fund your treats. And that's where we want to be. We have to keep that new money safe from our spending desires and our spending habits so that we can watch it grow alongside our Living Your Best Life in Africa plans. Remember, our Living Your Best Life in Africa plans can take between three to five years for us to build up our side hustles and small businesses to the point where we can make regular money. To make sure we don't just absorb that money into our current spending, we have to have somewhere to keep that money. Because like anything, if it's in my purse, then I'm going to think it's there for me to spend. So if your new money is anywhere near where your fingers are, then we're going to have a problem. My advice, if you don't already have a second bank account, open one. Sometimes you can do this in your own bank. You can set up an online savings account and save your extra money that way. But better still, save the money in a completely different account or credit union where you can't touch it and just forget about it. Treat that money like it doesn't exist because it doesn't exist for you to spend on you. This new money will be your liberation money, that extra money you are building to buy back your time and eventually to buy yourself out of your job. However, before we can even talk about making new money, we have to make a start on creating the vehicle that you will use to make that new money. If you're ready to get started on that, then this is what I'm going to be dealing with in my online masterclass. I'll be working with people to generate ideas about where you can start to make your new money. You can register for the masterclass using the link in the show notes below. I hope you got something out of this week's episode. For me, whenever I'm talking about things to do with the mind, I love it. I love being able to unpack what's happening to us and laying out the path clear so that we can see the pitfalls that we need to avoid. Because if we can avoid them, then we're one step closer to freeing ourselves from the various ties that are binding us to lives that we're not enjoying. Have a wonderful week and let's try and be productive. Until next week, this is Dr. Asher and I'm out. Mm-hmm.